Hi, I'm Latresa. And I'm Clancy. And we are a mother-daughter duo that shares a love and admiration for all things Elvis. On this podcast, you can expect a deep dive into the life of Elvis Presley. We will discuss books written by Elvis's friends, family members, and others who knew him best. We will critique and enjoy Elvis movies, concerts, and music with those who grew up listening to his music, watching his movies, enjoying his concerts, and hopefully inspiring a new generation of Elvis fans along the way. With all the misconceptions surrounding Elvis, we want to remember his life and his legacy. The man, the friend, the entertainer, and the philanthropist. This podcast is dedicated to those of us who celebrate the life of one of the greatest entertainers of all times. Let's Talk Elvis! Hey guys, it's Clancy and Latresa, and welcome back to the Let's Talk Elvis podcast. I finally have a voice this week, and we are together. Yes, recording. I know we keep having some difficulties with our uh, recording quality, and so we're trying really hard to fix that. But my mom drove from North Carolina to Tennessee tonight to so we could record together, so we could have the best quality. And um, and I will be traveling back home in the morning about five o'clock so that I can be at school on time in the morning. <laughs> so just know we do our very best to give y'all the best podcast possible. That's right. We love Elvis. But um, so last week, if you haven't listened already, we talked about. Elvis and Vernon part one. So it was more of the earlier years before Elvis's fame, their time in Tupelo. And today we're going to get into the later years. I had some questions on Instagram that we're going to try our best to answer. And I know I say it all the time, but I want to say it again. But we do not claim to be Elvis experts. We were not there. We weren't a part of these conversations. We did not know these people. But we do our best to do research and find as many different sources as we can and come up with what we think is the truth. And we encourage you all to do your own research and I mean, ask us questions or if you find something different that you think might be true, send us a message. We're at Let's Talk Elvis podcast on Instagram and TikTok and we love to talk all things Elvis, obviously, so just let, let us, us know. know. Yeah. We try our best not to be biased and just to give you good information. So, always, every few episodes want to say that. Yes, exactly. Because we, we definitely, uh, we try to give you the facts. We try not to give you, I mean, you can read three articles and all of them will have different dates they'll have different times and they'll have different information and you just really have to dig and try to find the most accurate and um and sometimes it's hard um but we we try so if you find out something that you question or that you want to verify just let us know and we'll do our best gonna start off tonight um with the um when Elvis goes into the army, that's basically where we left off um, with our Vernon um, podcast. And so on March 24th in 1958, Elvis reported for his induction into the United States Army. 
and he was late into his tank training at Fort Hood, Texas. His parents had joined him there, um, as well as his grandma Dodger. And he also had a friend that had come along, Lamar Fike. At this time, his his uh, mom was not feeling well. Um, we've talked about before when Gladys found out that Elvis was going into the army. Uh, she had so many fears, and um, she it just really um, did not help her health issues. Um, in August, she took ill, and um, she had to return to Memphis. And, um, so when she got to Memphis, um, of course, Vernon went with her and took her to the doctor and she was immediately admitted into the hospital. And, um, I have read several reports that Elvis wanted to go to his mom and, uh, was denied at the beginning. And basically he threatened to go AWOL if he was not allowed to go see his mother and whoever had denied him, um, they had consequences for that decision later on from what I could gather. Um, but Elvis was allowed to go and visit his mother and he actually returned to, um, Memphis must've been on August the 14th and, uh, visited with her in the hospital. And then she passed away on the 14th. Vernon was with her. Elvis had gone home, um, to get some rest and Vernon was with her when she did pass away. Um, so shortly after Elvis arrived in Germany, we've talked about how he was so close to his mother and lost his mother. As soon as he could, he sent for his dad and grandma, Dodger, to join him in Germany. And um, while he was in Germany, um, the rec he was recently widowed and... Um, that is when D. Stanley comes into the picture. And D. Stanley, uh, she was a woman that was, uh, she was a military wife, and she was married to Bill Stanley. And um, she had written Elvis a, a letter inviting him to dinner. Um, I've read several accounts that she invited him and his father and then I have read that she invited him and he sent his father in his place. So not sure about that. However, she had seen Elvis in concert and she was interested in Elvis. So she invited Elvis uh, to dinner. And um, Elvis sent Vernon in his place. And... Um, it's questionable as to the condition of the Stanley marriage at the time that uh, this takes place, but um, we we don't know. Well, apparently their marriage was in trouble because she was inviting Elvis to dinner. Yeah. Um, he was 24 at the time and she was 29, so she was the older woman. Um, so Elvis... Um, was furious when he found out that Dee and Vernon were dating, um, and he felt like it was too soon. He never really cared for Dee. Um, Dee returned to the United States. She and, um, and Bill were divorced, and she returned to the United States, and, um, it wasn't very long afterward that, um, Vernon joined her 
in the United States. And um, they were married, and Elvis did not attend the the wedding. Um, and he never was really fond of uh, Dee Stanley. And um, I I read that um, she has she wrote several books. She she wrote some books that were very distasteful about Elvis after um, after he had died, and so. Um, which was very, I mean, I thought that was terrible, but she even blamed Elvis for their divorce. And, uh, this is a quote that she said she, that she wrote. She said, she's talking about Elvis. She said, he is ultimately what caused the deterioration of my marriage. He was incredibly selfish, like a black hole that totally sucks in everything around it. And that was a quote from D. Stanley Presley. Now, I, I, that is the only person I have ever heard of that has said Elvis was selfish. Never have heard that in my life. And um, I just want to throw out there in my uh, positive way that um, she was married and she invited um, a celebrity to <laughs> dinner. <laughs> she married his father Um you know, she had three sons by her husband that she left, and she married um, Vernon. And she says that Elvis was selfish. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but um, Elvis never really got over the death of his mother, as we've talked about so many times. But I really feel like El that Vernon, um, Elvis was all he had left. And, um, and I, I, I believe, you know, I, he called him daddy. He called Vernon daddy, which is a, a term of, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very special intimate title that a child calls their father. And, um, and he always re referred to him as daddy and, uh, they were inseparable. He was his business manager, but he was also, he toured with him. He was with him all the time. And um, I know that Clancy's got a few things that she wants to, to talk about. Um, but I really feel like Vernon a lot of times felt left out of the relationship that Gladys and Elvis had. And I feel like he was always trying to to prove himself and to prove how much that he did love Elvis and to prove that he um, tried to step up and be the the well, not really replace Gladys, but I think that he felt the big shoes to fill and he tried to fill the void um, when Gladys left. But of course, I mean, he was a young man too and had lost his wife and of course he wanted companionship. So, you know, you can't blame him for being attracted to a a blonde-headed woman that, you know, is, is uh, apparently appearing interested. So, um, but, but that's that's what I've got on Vernon. And so, um, Clancy took over from when Elvis was in Germany. And so I'm going to let her carry on the story here. So to add to that, um, to go along with that being selfish, which is just almost hilarious to me, her sons, which I've mentioned before, her sons, David, Ricky, and Stanley, 
Elvis might not have been crazy about her, but he welcomed them and treated them like brothers. Name, it was it was Billy, David, and who was the other one? David, Ricky, and Billy Stanley. Sorry. Yeah, that was my bad. So David, Ricky, and Billy Stanley, they were welcomed by Elvis and part of the Memphis Mafia for years. And he, he treated them very well and like family. One of the questions I got on Instagram from at EP and me was, how long did Vernon live at Graceland? And actually, when he returned to America and married Dee from Germany, they moved to 1266 Dolan Drive, which is right next to Graceland. And if you're on a tour, you can actually see the back of the house. And our next trip, we're wanting to drive up and see the front, the front of the house. But apparently, I believe we were told it's an Airbnb that you can rent out and stay in, which would be a really cool experience if you're wanting to go to Memphis. But... I'm going to kind of be all over the place because my notes are all over the place. So, I've got a quote from Priscilla's book, what Elvis said when when D started, or when Vernon started seeing D. He just didn't see how Vernon could ever replace Gladys, and he, he didn't trust D's intentions, and he just didn't know if he was good for, she was good for Vernon or not, so... This is a quote from Priscilla's book. It said, Elvis's unrelieved depression over Gladys's death was intensified by the conflict in Elvis's mind over Dee Stanley, whom Vernon had met in Germany. Dee and his father had become inseparable shortly after Gladys's death, too soon to Elvis's liking. An attractive blonde in her 30s, Dee was in the process of divorcing her husband and was separated from him and her three children when she started dating Vernon. The thought that his father could ever conceive of replacing Gladys upset Elvis terribly. He also had his doubt about Dee's intentions and whether they were in his father's best interest. What's Dee trying to do, Elvis sometimes asked suspiciously. Make him into some dude he's not? Why can't she just accept him the way he is? I've never seen him so lovesick. She meets him at some restaurant and exchanges love notes all day. So they got married July 3rd, 1960. Like... My mom said Elvis refused to attend the wedding, and when Dee would come over, Elvis would get up and leave the room, so it was not a um, a good time in Elvis and Vernon's relationship, for sure, but I definitely don't believe what she said about him, because, I mean, th- they were married up until 1977, mm-hmm. and I'm not that he had really liked it, but he definitely grew to accept it and him and his dad repaired their relationship and it so I don't know I don't know what else to say about that but so Priscilla Elvis had Priscilla move to Memphis in 1961 when she first moved there she moved into Vernon and Dee's house right next to Graceland because Elvis was off in California shooting a movie. She said he had a sharp tongue and said exactly what he thought. So like we said, he was Elvis's business manager. He took care of his finances. Um, It's funny because 
uh, in Jerry Schilling's book, he mentions that a lot of the guys didn't have warm feelings toward Vernon, mainly because he was tight with money and the bearer of bad news. Elvis did not like to give bad news, so if someone was fired, Vernon had to convey the message. He wasn't crazy over the Memphis Mafia. He said that Elvis gave and gave and gave, and they took and took and took, and that their main concern should be Elvis. And uh, also, I thought this was was a really cool little story, but some people perceived that Vernon didn't have the skills to match the position that he had as Elvis's business manager. He, like we said in the last episode, he didn't even graduate high school. But Jerry Schilling, who is one of the Memphis Mafia members, said, I don't think Vernon gets enough credit for rising to the occasion the way he did. He was a dirt poor working man who suddenly found himself managing the personal affairs and finances of the world's biggest superstar, and he did a pretty good job of it. Given Elvis's spending habits, I don't think a team of expert accountants could have done any better. And some of the guys like to joke that he was just plain cheap. His idea of going upscale if Elvis wanted something special for Graceland was to go shop at Sears. Which I think is so sweet. I do too. I like, love that. They could afford anything and Elvis wanted something nice, they'd go to Sears. That was nice. It showed that he never he never outgrew his roots and he never got the big head. Well you gotta think too, one thing that fascinates me is when you go to Graceland, it is so authentic. And that's yeah. like, you know, they remodeled, they did, um, they took the red shag carpet and all that back and they went back to the blues and the golds that were there originally. And uh, uh, Vernon saved everything. Vernon did not get rid of anything. He saved absolutely everything that Elvis ever owned. And that's why we have yeah. such museum and so yeah. many artifacts. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was a very wise call. And it I was. mean, I know it was from his background of not having that he yeah, would that not get kept. rid of anything. Yeah. But that's another story that, you know, he if he hadn't have kept everything like he did, then you wouldn't have a Graceland. You wouldn't have no. the museum. No, you wouldn't. That's very true. He said he and his family lived so long with nothing, he knew the value of a dollar. And that, that's so true. It is. But they said he was fairly sophisticated, and he wasn't one of the guys, and he didn't try to be. So he wasn't there to be their friends. He was Elvis's dad and his business manager, and that was it. That he had a sense of calm and dry, offbeat sense of humor. And I read this multiple times that he would come through the kitchen, stop over every pot to take a taste, and give give a an opinion on whether it was good or not. <laughs> and one time, they loved to shoot fireworks in the back of Graceland, so they'd went and got some little fireworks, and they had them sitting in the kitchen, and they looked like M&Ms. So oh, he no. came through the kitchen and grabbed a mouthful of them. And before <laughs> everybody could tell him not to do it, he was running out the house screaming because they, they were popping in his mouth. Oh, no. But every Christmas, Elvis and Vernon would go through a list of 50 Memphis charities. And they'd go through the list and Elvis would ask Vernon questions about the groups. And Vernon would have done his research and could tell Elvis exactly what each of the wide-ranging charities did and who they were helping. And they did all of this without any media attention. This was exactly. just them giving back to their community 
because they loved Memphis, they loved the people, and they wanted to. Um, I know I'm going a little bit everywhere. I will say Vernon was, he's not like a lot of the other people where you could find like stories. It was more like I found little tidbits and facts here and there that I thought was like a cool part of his personality or cool, you know, just you learning a little bit more at him at a time rather than just it was stories. Really hard to find a lot on Vernon. It really was. Um, it really, really was. Um, so Bar both Vernon and Elvis were leery of business matters requiring financial advice. So Vernon operated on pure instinct, refusing any suggestions of tax breaks, which he found too complicated. He let the IRS figure out Elvis's taxes and a taxes and had done so ever since Elvis was audited while in the army and had $80,000 in back, back taxes. Wow. He, um, he tended to take Elvis's side on every issue and he, he and Elvis loved to just, to sit and talk. I read an interview where he said that one of the last times that they saw each other, they were sitting in Elvis's room talking, and Elvis said that they needed to do it more, and they oh. talked about how much they enjoyed the conversation. What else? Oh, fun fact, he play made a cameo appearance in Elvis's movie Live a Little, Love a Little as a high-class subject for the commercial photographer that Elvis played. I thought that was cool. I'm, I remember I'm wanting to go back and watch it, yeah. that. But the question that everyone was wondering about is, was Vernon truly, as he was portrayed in the movie, as far as when Elvis's head got dunked in the water and Vernon wanted him to go on and he didn't want him to quit the colonel? That was another question on Instagram. And... We found conflicting information. Um, Jerry Schilling said that Vernon did talk with doctors about Elvis's dependency, and they would even tell Elvis that the drug addiction specialist was a liver specialist because they didn't want him. He was Elvis was a super proud guy, and he did not see anything wrong with prescriptions because he didn't take anything that the doctor didn't prescribe him. He had answers for everything that he was taking, so they would have to tell him it was a liver specialist. He would often check into the hospital for rest, and this is when they would get the specialist to come. Again, I don't know that that's 100% factual. That is what Jerry Schilling's book said. Um, George Klein said that, I do believe that the two people who had the most at stake and the greatest leverage with Elvis were Vernon and the Colonel. And if either one had pushed for Elvis to undergo treatment, it might have happened. Vernon was concerned about his own job security, and the Colonel didn't want anything to interfere with Elvis making money on the road. Now, I think that Vernon loved Elvis just as much as he possibly could. I don't believe that he was a hindrance. I don't believe that he intentionally let Elvis be on drugs or let Elvis be with the colonel. Vernon was in charge of Elvis's finances and Elvis spent money like crazy. So when Elvis wanted to fire the colonel, Vernon 
worried about the consequences, the colonel did bring them a bill. And he didn't know how they were ever going to pay off the colonel and whether they could get along without him. So I think, like we said, we had this guy who had been dirt poor for most of his life. He was in charge of the finances. He knew more about Elvis, more way more than Elvis did about their financial situation. So he genuinely didn't see how they could pay off the colonel. And not that he didn't want Elvis to get away from the colonel if he wanted to. He just, he was worried about the finances. He didn't want them to lose everything. Do you have anything? Yeah, I, and I, I feel like, you know, the way they portrayed um Vernon in the movie as just kind of standing by, I feel like it was a very difficult thing for Vernon to watch, but I do not believe that Vernon realized no. how sick Elvis was. No. I think he was really, like, I mean, it. you, you hate to say it, but caught in a trap. Um, I mean... I feel like he didn't feel like he could do anything when he went to Elvis and talked to Elvis about his spending. I mean, Elvis would spend the money. And so if you're going to spend it, you've got to make it. Um, I mean, and, and then of course too, you know, like you say, he was, he, he was dirt poor. He knew what poor was. And I think that with everything in him um, until his dying day, he, he was trying to save Graceland. Uh, mm -hmm. First, it was for Elvis, and then it was for Lisa Marie. Yeah, and um, and I believe that you know he he didn't realize that Elvis was as sick as he was. I feel like if he had it to do over, if you know hindsight, if he had known, I believe he'd have been willing to give it all up to have Elvis. Yeah. I really believe that. That's yeah. just my. I opinion. truly don't. I don't believe he knew how sick Elvis was, and Vernon was also at this time dealing with his own health issues he had a major heart attack and elvis he was put in a hospital room right across the hall from elvis and elvis for once was taking care of him and enjoyed being his his caretaker um but elvis said daddy's the one that's carrying the load yeah and and he so, was and and I, there's an interview with vernon where he talks about elvis's weight that he everything that he took was for was prescribed by a doctor he took sleeping pills to sleep he took um pills to stay awake because he of his hours and his job and and he said when the doctors discovered that elvis had some liver damage and a colon problem and high blood pressure that that worried him more than the pills like he and yeah. you have to remember the time period too it wasn't as well known or talked about well prescription prescription drug no, no. It, it wasn't it wasn't as big of a thing so i don't think anybody i think they saw signs and they were worried about elvis but i don't think any of them ever thought it was as big of a problem or would would the lead to his death i don't great. think any of them thought thought that so i don't i don't think that he helped his a drug addict like i don't think he contributed, to, contributed to his addiction i think if he had truly known he would have done whatever it took to help elvis and i think he he loved him more than anything i mean elvis's death he he never ever ever got over elvis's death he he died and had a heart attack june 26 1979 
two years after Elvis died. Two years. I mean, he didn't hardly live any time after after Elvis died, and he he left Elvis's body in the foyer at Graceland and let fans come up and pay their respect. He had Gladys and Elvis's body moved to the meditation garden so he could keep an eye on them for security reasons and be closer to them and bring Elvis home to Graceland and and Gladys. So, I mean, I don't I don't think that he, he was as he was portrayed in the movie as far as money or nothing and don't care what it takes. You've got to get up and make money. I don't. I don't think, I don't he, was think like he was that, that cruel or cold and calculating. But I just saw in my notes one more thing that I want to mention because I thought it was cool that a lot of people might not know. According to Jerry Schilling, Elvis had Vernon's walk. Oh, really? Which I think is really cool. So that was random, but I wanted to include it because I thought it was cool. But I know this was all over the place, but... I feel like I learned some things about Vernon I didn't know before. Yeah, I, I really, I feel like Vernon was a, a good Christian man that was trying to do the best he could to take care of his son who hit it big. I mean, um, they were thrust, thrust into this new life and had no idea. Yeah. I mean, uh, what to do with any of it. Right. They they were just learning as they went along, and right. I think they handled it pretty well. But I think they had a very special relationship. I do too. I do too. Definitely. But if you want to know any more, if you have any questions about any of this, you can send us a message uh, on our Instagram at Let's Talk Elvis Podcast. Make sure you follow us there. Make sure to leave a review, and we'll be sure to share it on the next podcast on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week. We're going to try our best to be more scheduled with the podcast release. It's been pretty rough, but we're trying to get into our groove, and we're trying to figure out the um, glitches. But Exactly. Next week, we're going to talk about Lisa Marie. And the pilots. Stay tuned. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.